I saw her across the room. She was tantalizing. She looked at me tantalizingly. Then she opened her tantalizing mouth and what she said was tantalizing. The following podcast contains spoilers for In the Mood for Love. You have been warned tantalizingly. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio, where I myself have been tantalized and a little <laughs> bit enticed at the same time as to what the hell was going on in that intro. Uh, Mike, how are you, my I'm young, scally-clad uh, friend? Uh, scally-clad? Okay. Uh, I'm it's good. It's, it's been a while since we've recorded, you know. Mm-hmm, For the longest mm-hmm. time, we were really... Ahead of our schedule and all that, and uh, we kind of let ourselves get caught up, which is fine. I enjoyed the the time off that we had. It was so, pretty nice. It was pretty nice. Uh, so, needless to say, I saw a bunch of movies, but I know you also saw more movies than normal. Way more but movies than less normal. than me. So maybe you should go first. All right, are you ready for this one? Hi there, it's Glenn. Uh, I was thinking maybe you should skip to that 32-minute mark because we talk about a lot of movies, and uh, that's what we talk about in the mood for love. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> I am. Uh, I forget when the last time we really talked about a movie. Did uh, we talk about Triangle of Sadness at all? We did not. The last oh, time we well, recorded was the 25th. I have to go even October. further back than that. October 25th was the last time we, we recorded. Um, so there was a, a show that came out a li- very little, very little, little bit ago called House of Dragon. For those who don't know, it's a little uh, spin-off of Game of Thrones or a prequel, technically. Uh, I watched that. I was pushing it off for so long because obviously I've got a bad taste in my mouth from that last season of Game of Thrones. Mike, I know you don't watch it at all. Or care I tried. I couldn't get into it. Uh, but it was so so close to being one of the best shows of all time, and then it fumbled the fucking bag on that last season. So the stigma <laughs> in my mouth was just left there for so long. And then finally I was like, God damn it, I'll watch this fucking show because it's actually getting <laughs> – people are actually like – back on board and it's it was actually genuinely it was pretty good um i don't think it has the same hype as game of thrones does because we, we yeah. already know what's going to happen there but it's so far so far forward that none of those characters from that are even involved yet in the slightest it's like 200 years almost mm-hmm. but it was a good show um can't wait to see another season of it in the distant future uh I can't wait to hop back on that train and fall the fuck off, hopefully, again. <laughs> it's going to be so great. And then um, I had started, I think I mentioned this in the last few episodes, I started watching uh, Batman the Animated Series again. Uh, sad news to come about that here in the future. I wish I hadn't started watching that because now I'm just super sad about it. Uh, and then we had watched Triangle of Sadness, which was quite a fucking ride, if mm-hmm. you say so yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think when I got home that night, I actually I think I started watching another movie, or it was the next day. It was called Vendetta. I saw it had Christopher Walken in it. This was the most movie, movie, you could movie. <laughs> because it it was, you know? Like, I feel yeah. like I'm Harry Styles. I put this in the background, and I honestly, I was more enticed by actually doing chores or whatever I was doing that day because I, it was just straight kind of, the concept was there, it was, it was, it was all right, but it was so kind of bland the whole time. Christopher Walken's like barely in it either. Clancy Brown's in it, but uh, other than that, I mean, it was just super bland and nothing really important to say about it. Then we watched a movie called The Banshees of Inishirin, which I believe out there in the world. Do we have a review for that? I don't we remember. do have a review for we that. We do have a review for that. Yeah. How could you forget? Uh, because my mind's so small, it's like a nut. It's uh, fucking incredible. And then I started my vacation, which will now ever lead into the spiral, <laughs> which will lead into the spiral of just the popping off I'm about to do. So I started okay. off by Werewolf by Night, which is that little Marvel uh, 
one-off movie. It's mm-hmm. like an hour long. It's it's actually pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty. Um, it didn't blow my mind in any capabilities, but it was a nice little kind of movie that's just there. And it was a nice change. It was, for it was a nice little Halloween movie, yeah. in a way. And then speaking of Halloween, I watched the new Hellraiser that was on uh, Hulu. Um, for the most part, the concept was pretty good. Um, there was a lot of character designs that were that were pretty cool looking, as far as like the uh, what are they called? I forget what they're called, but the uh, Cenobites. As far as the Cenobites went, they they were pretty mm-hmm. cool looking, but the main characters super. Actually, most of the characters in it are pretty fucking annoying. Um, and there's only one that you genuinely like, and then there's a plot twist, and you're like, well, that sucks. But anyway, uh, then I watched, or I'm sorry, I rated that one because I realized I didn't rate it before. Then I watched a movie called Crimes of the Future, which is a David Cronenberg film. Uh, Mike, did you watch this yet? Uh, what's it called? Crimes of the Future? Crimes of the Future? Yeah, I saw Mm -hmm. it in theaters, um, back in June, I want to say, so. What a fucking that guy man he makes some films if you know what i'm he, saying he does he makes things that are filmed with cameras <laughs> and edited together to create a story uh for the most part it was pretty good um it's if you've watched david cronenberg films they're they're just very interesting so there's there's that and that's all i'll say about it uh then i watched a movie that was kind of just a throwaway because i was just playing some video games at the time uh called i want you back it's got a uh, jenny slate and charlie day in it uh, with a little bit of Scott Eastwood and some other people in there. It was just one of those typical rom-coms, trying to get my boyfriend slash girlfriend back. Uh, for the most part, it was pretty funny. Uh, I, I love Jenny Slate. Obviously, we all love Charlie Day, uh, mm-hmm. so that's why I put it on. And for the most part, it was pretty decent. It was yeah. uh, pretty good. And then uh, I had watched In the Mood for Love, which we will get into in about 12 minutes after we're done popping all this <laughs> off. Uh, <laughs> then I watched Sea Beast, which is one that I had been wanting to watch because I saw... I'm pretty sure these are the people who made How to Train Your Dragon, if I'm not wrong. Um, sea Beast? Sea Beast. It's on... Uh, the Sea Beast is on Netflix. Um, but oh, honestly... Yeah, I've heard of this, yeah. Uh the movie looks really good, and my only really biggest flaw with it is that they, I wish they showed more sea life, like because mm-hmm. the, the the scale of this movie is just like you know there's the huge creatures and the you're following these like uh, creature hunters or monster hunters whatever you want to call them, um, and there we only see like so many and. I understand, like, it's very hard to, you know, make all these creatures and edit it, but it would have been so cool to see the scope of just a bunch more. I'm not asking for, like, 30,000 of them, but just a bunch more of the creatures. It would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but then after that, I watched The Policeman with Harry Styles, figured eh, maybe maybe I'll give him another chance. You know, he wasn't that great, and don't worry, darling. I want to see what else he could really do, even though I don't care for the man at all. Um <laughs> For the most part, he was pretty stale, and there was a lot of gay sex in this. <laughs> so, uh, good. He did pretty good at the gay sex. I'll say that. Good, good for him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, for the most part, the movie was just okay. There was just yeah. a lot of just drama. Um, for the times that it was taking place, like it makes sense yeah. uh, on why there was so much drama involving all of that, but. Harry was very one-dimensional, which for his character made sense. Um, so I can't knock points off him for that. Uh, yeah. But it was just a decent film. I'll never watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I wanted to watch a little bit of Harrison Ford, so I clicked on this little movie called The Devil's Own, which was actually... It could have been really good, but I don't I don't know. It, it, felt, it felt like Harrison Ford's character was really good, and Brad Pitt was in it. And there was, like, this whole thing of, like, Brad Pitt, like, trying to fight against the IRA or something like that. So he goes to America, tries to get missiles and shit like that. And, like, there's this, obviously, there's this huge plot point there. And it it doesn't feel like it's got that scope, you know? Like, it's got, like, you're just, you're in America, and it's kind of like this small, small life thing compared to what's actually happening yeah i don't know maybe it's a product of its time and i don't know uh i don't know how else to explain it but i mean for the most part it was pretty decent um and then moving on now my favorite movie that i've watched out of all of these ones so far is a little movie called blue jay 
with uh, Mark Duplass and yes. Sarah Paulson. Yes, Holy I watched shit, that a man. few a few years ago. I think I watched it in 2015 when I did my uh, new movie a day thing. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, that movie's incredible. This fucked me up, especially after this kind of this kind of week. I was or well, two weeks of watching movies. This this and in the mood for love kind of fucked me up. I'm like, God, why am I so depressed, man? These people aren't <laughs> finding love, or are they? Or what's the point? Maybe I'm depressed. Uh, but man, this this was a really good movie. Um, yeah. And I don't know what I would do with my life if I didn't see it. Like, how you know did that I ever live before? Movies improvised. That would actually make sense. Yeah. And it's not so... like the, the story is written out, but none of yeah. the dialogue is is written down. It's it's like they they obviously they had to have some kind of structure, but they uh, had plot points that they needed to hit. But then mm-hmm. all the dialogue is is improvised because it all just feels natural. Like, yeah, uh, just their conversations and everything like that. It's pretty. It's a great film, and I would yeah. recommend anybody seeing it. Um, but after that, try to get this moving a little bit. Uh, after that, I watched a, just a random film on Hulu called Stars at Noon. It's actually I clicked on it because I saw Benny Safdie was in it, and I'm like, oh hell yeah! Oh yeah! Um, this was actually really good, especially just kind of like a random hidden gem, or not hidden. It just came out, just like a random gem that I just found. I'm like, I'll just click on that. It's about this girl who's in a like a, a third world country, and she's a journalist, but I don't want to give too much away, so she's trying mm-hmm. to get back to America. Um, it was actually pretty good. Uh, would would recommend Ben Safdie. He's actually he's only in it for a little bit, but God, he's he's taken that screen when he's in it. He's a great actor. He is. Like him and his brother are a great directing duo, but like he's incredible in Good Time. Yeah. Uh, he's good in uh, Licorice Pizza. He's only in it for a little mm-hmm. bit. He's in. I want to say he's in the Book of Boba Fett for a hot minute. Uh, he was um, for a hot minute. He wasn't anything huge, though. He's sadly. in it very shortly, but like he's still yeah. really good in that. But yeah, he's he's a great actor. I I, I can't wait for him to be in more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, I watched Desperado, um, which is a like a whole little trilogy. Is that by, the Robert uh, Rodriguez yeah. movie with uh, um, it's like the first one or no? So I didn't, El, El Mariachi is the first one. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a trilogy. I thought this was just like a one-off movie. Yeah, and El then Mariachi, I watched it. Desperado, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Yeah, and then I looked up uh, El Mariachi, and it it's it's like I got to rent it. I'm like, God damn it! Yeah. So <laughs> so now I got to watch El Mariachi now that I've seen mm-hmm. this. This was pretty funny, pretty pretty original, pretty goofy, uh, and just quite a time. Yeah. Um, I haven't after- seen Desperado or El Mariachi. I've only seen Once Upon a Time in Mexico because, like you, I didn't know it was a trilogy when yeah. I watched it. Yeah, I've, I've only heard pretty pretty good things about Desperado and, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico, but I didn't know they were connected in any way. Uh, I just heard ben- Antonio Banderas was great. Um, and Selma Hayek is, oh, my God, Selma Hayek. She was, she's, that's, I started off, by the way, I'm sorry, this is so fucking long, but I started off this week by watching that, and then I accidentally watched four more movies with her in it, I think. Uh, but anyway, uh, after that, I watched The Man with the Iron Fists, which is a movie directed by RZA from the Wu-Tang Clan. Um, I think the idea of this movie was really good. I just don't think... I think the style that it was made in, like... It was made in 2012, so there was a lot going on. But I think... If it was made more, because he's he's a huge uh, guy for like the Chinese kung fu movies, mm-hmm. and if I think if it was made more in that style than more instead of being more made towards like today's style, I think it would have been really well done. A I lot agree. of a lot of the stunts and everything is really cool. Yeah, but it gets washed down by this like a uh, just modern take on on like a kung fu. And I yeah. honestly, I'd really want him to try again with another. Because I think the movie overall was really good and it has great ideas. Yeah. It's just the overwashing of just how modern it feels and looks, it, it takes away from it. Because everybody in I it agree. was pretty pretty good. Russell Crowe being named Jackknife is, is driving me bonkers. But other than that, I think, I think it was really good. It had really great idea. And I really want to see another movie from him again. Yeah. Um, I saw it when it was in theaters. And uh, I remember being disappointed but still thinking it had a lot, like, a lot of good ideas. Yeah. Um, so I, I I don't hate RZA as a director. I, I do want to see him take another stab at something. Mm-hmm. 
And sadly, I don't think he's done anything since this movie. I mean, he's he's produced a lot of stuff, which I'll yeah. get into in a second. But yeah, uh, but after that, I watched This Is War, which is a m- movie that I've been meaning to watch for the last ten years, but can't get over it because I'm not the biggest enjoyer of rom-com action thriller, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got Chris Pine, Reese Witherspoon, Tom Hardy. Um, I know my mom loves this movie. I know a lot of people just genuinely. Average moviegoers, they love this movie. I mm-hmm. thought it was, I thought it was fun. What's it called again? Part. This means war. No. Um, you gave it a one, so that's that's hilarious. Yeah, I, 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 I it sounded familiar. <laughs> I think, I think, it's a super redundant, like a what's the word? The double standard. It's such a double standard in this movie, but it's all good fun, and I can't. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's This it is was one of funny. those movies where you could tell that it was on the shelf for a very long time, and then Chris Pine and Tom Hardy both got famous around the same time. Yeah. So then they, they just put it out because they knew that those names could draw people. Because, like, Tom Hardy looks younger in this than he does in, uh, in Inception. Chris oh, yeah. Pine looks younger in this than he does in Star Wars. Uh, Reese Witherspoon was still kind of Star- famous Star at the Trek. time. But, yeah, Star Trek, sorry. Same thing. <laughs> just kidding. They're not the same thing. You're thinking but, of Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> Yeah, Timothy. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, this uh, this movie, watching this, made me realize like how far I've come as far as like the movies we see and how much my taste has changed. Mm-hmm. Because th- these this is the type of like movies that we used to watch at, in my house, like with my family. And now I'm just like, I can't believe we used to watch things like that. <laughs> now, um, not that it's bad. It's just like yeah. my taste has changed so much. You're welcome, um, af- and I'm sorry. Yeah, thank, thank you, thank you. Uh, after that, I was like, you know what? Let me hit another rom-com. Um, and I saw Selma Hayek was in it. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Let's do that again. And it's got Mr. Chandler Bing, Matthew Perry. Um, so I'm like, oh, let's, let's see it. I haven't, I've only seen a, a very few of what he's got, so I would mm-hmm. like to see some more. And there was a comment that I saw about this movie that explains it perfectly. This movie is the complete summarization of why Matthew Perry is a TV actor and why Salma Hayek is a movie actor. Mm-hmm. She was fantastic in this movie. And it it was only thrown... Like, I thought they had, like, a good connection, good chemistry and everything like that. But you could there was two different acting styles going on and that it just did not feel like they were in the same thing in a way. Yeah, but I thought the movie as a whole, I thought that it was pretty good actually, just for like a random '90s rom-com film. Uh, definitely uh, love Selma Hayek in it, um, and that was that was good enough for me. And I think I think we know what's next. Another Selma Hayek movie. Um, <laughs> I watched Wild Wild West because I had never watched it fully in my life. Oh boy! And and that's a thing. Uh, for the most part, I thought it was pretty. Decent. Yeah. I think Will Smith was in it too much, only because I think Kevin Klein was brilliant in it. Oh, absolutely. In Kevin Klein's fantastic in this. Kevin yeah. Klein is so good in this. Salma Hayek's uh, underutilized and character uh, typed in this. Or uh, what's the word for it? She's, she's cast. Stereotyped. Char- uh, yeah, um, she's, she's kind of the damsel in distress. Cast, and like. Yeah. And like fiending over these guys, she's like, "Oh, my hero!" And just, yeah, I was like, "Ugh, yucky." Um, Kenneth Branagh was funny. Yeah. I, Kenneth Branagh and Kevin Klein are the—they're literally copy and paste. You cannot tell me otherwise. They're copy and paste human beings. Different, a <laughs> little bit different, but they're the same. Yeah. I think they're the same person, and it freaks yeah. me out. Uh, overall, movie was okay. Um, yeah, I could see why people think it's like a guilty pleasure and stuff like that. I think the pro- my biggest problem with it is that Will Smith is too Will Smithy in this. Yeah, like I mean, this, this was pretty much his breakout movie yeah. role. I'm pretty sure. So, oh no, he, he was. I mean, he was in Fresh Prince. Well, and then and mo- Independence I did say Day movie before role. this, Independence Day was his breakout, yeah. uh, and then Men in Black was also before this. Uh, so you're wrong, and I hate you. Uh, yeah, I'm um, also a piece of shit. I don't think you said that. <laughs> no, but it's it's just like everything kind of meshes together really well, and then mm-hmm. there's Will Smith being like too modern yeah. for it. Like everything else kind of feels of the world, and then he's, it's, it's just Will Smith being Will Smith. 
Uh, and that's mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. where I personally think it falls. And also, there's a few other like story things, but it could have been better, and it wasn't. Yeah, very steampunk too. Yeah. Um, but after that, we watched Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Uh, there's a review for that up. And then I, I'm on the last episode of Wu Tang Clan, an American saga mm-hmm. Hulu series. Um, and I started watching that again because I watched uh, the Iron Man with the Iron Fist. And then, of course, that's the end of my list. Mike, please. Yes. 20 minutes later. <laughs> I'll try to go fast. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched 21 movies. I'll try to go through them as fast as possible. Uh, first one I watched, uh, Green Street Hooligans, is with uh, Charlie Hunnam and uh, Elijah Wood. Mm. Uh, uh, Elijah Wood plays a, uh, a journalist student who got kicked out of, uh, I think he was in Harvard, uh, because he took the fall for some politician's son who had cocaine on him and everything uh so he got kicked out of school and then he goes to england to visit his sister and then he gets uh kind of set up with his not not romantically uh with his sister's brother-in-law who is in uh what is called a football firm for those Mm. of you don't know what football firms are they're essentially gangs that associate themselves with soccer teams or football teams uh and uh just fight for no reason Oh. Other than reputation. So pretty much it's the dumbest thing in sports ever. So uh, <laughs> just the Warriors, but with sports. <laughs> yeah, essentially. But the, like, they, the thing is, like, they don't fight people because they were mean or disrespectful ever. They fight yeah. each other before the game. Yeah, okay. So what's the fucking point? Yeah. I don't get it. It's so stupid. Anyway, uh, the movie's pretty good, uh, other than the fact that that's such a stupid thing. But yeah. I know it's a thing that exists, because they talk about it in uh, the uh, We Are Wrexham uh, docuseries with uh, Rob McElhaney and Ryan Reynolds' uh, soccer team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the movie's all right, other than that. Uh, then for the 1001 movies you must see before you die, the uh, Cinema Bucket List January episode, I watched a movie called Center Stage, which is like a documentary slash drama about a silent actress in China in the 1920s. Uh, it is uh, actually has um, uh, Maggie Chung, who I believe is also oh. in in a mood for love. I could be wrong. She is. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I, I didn't want to say for sure. Uh, yeah. So you, you'll find out what I think about that in the January episode of Cinema Bucklist. Then we watch Triangle of Sadness. Review for that on uh, Letterboxd. Not Letterboxd. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah. It's in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then I watched the the German adaptation of the book All Quiet on the Western Front, which is a German book, which there are two American adaptations, the 1931 version being very famous. Uh, this is the first German adaptation of that. It's about German soldiers in World War One, and essentially follows uh, teenagers from being coerced into joining forces and how stupid it is to be coerced into joining a war that is not really in your best interest. And it is bleak as hell, and I highly suggest everyone check it out. It is one of the best war films I've ever seen. I was Glenn, actually going to watch it the other day. and then, Yeah, you definitely uh, have I, to watch it because it... It will because be nominated for Estonia, I can tell you that much. Uh, yeah, I didn't I, I watch from... it because I didn't want to watch subtitles at the moment. Yes, I, I get that. Uh, then I watched Wendell and Wild, which is a stop animation movie from uh, the guy who did uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, whose name is Henry Selleck. Uh, it has uh, Keegan Peel, uh, Keegan Michael Key, and Jordan Peel. Uh, they voice some of the characters. Uh, it's okay. Some of the voice acting is really bad in it. Not from them, but from other characters. So yeah. it kind of falls flat. The style is really cool. The story is interesting. But some of the voice acting is just like, that is the best take you got? Really? Yeah. Uh, so it's a little disappointing. Uh, but yeah, you can check that out on Netflix if you want. Then for the 1001 movies you must see before you die, Cinema Bucket List, February episode, I watched a silent film called The Thief of Baghdad. Um, it's based on the same material that Aladdin's based on. So it's kind of the same story, but this one's more grounded in not real reality because there is magic and stuff in it, but it's not as like cartoonish as the Disney Aladdin version, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you can find out my thoughts on that in the February episode. Then I watched a movie with Colin Farrell uh, called After Yang, uh, A24 film. Uh, I want to rewatch it, but I'm pretty sure this will also be nominated for Estonia. So uh, I did want to watch that as well. Yes, I, I want to rewatch it because I was kind of distracted while watching it, but I really did like it. I just want to see if I can push that enjoyment further by actually paying attention 
strongly to it. Mm -hmm. uh, then we watched Banshees of Inner Sheeran, which you can see our review for that on the YouTubes. Then I saw a movie called Armageddon Time, which is in theaters right now with, uh, um, oh, shit, what's his name? Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Uh, and uh, Banks Rapita, Jeremy Strong, uh, Anne Hathaway. It's essentially a story about this kid, this Jewish kid, who uh, is uh, kind of forced to go into a school, uh, a private school, and it's his whole thing was like trying to fit in in a school that doesn't really respect him and everything. It's it's pretty interesting. Uh, the first, I would say, thirty minutes is really bad. Like yeah. I was like, oh man, this is this is weak, and then it gets really good. Uh, so I don't know why that is but it, i thought it was interesting where it's like really bad and then really not really bad just like mediocre yeah uh the kids were really annoying and then they got less annoying um as time went on those damn kids yeah then i saw weird the al yankovic story uh that's on roku channel free for everyone just download roku channel it does have like four ad breaks but that's it's not too bad yeah uh but goddamn, it's hilarious uh this will also be nominated for stony so you do have to watch it glenn <laughs> Uh, I will. The, the Academy has, has warned me ahead of time, of course. Mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. it's not my decision. I just... Downloading Roku now. Yeah. So Weird Al, or Weird the Al Yankovic story. I also saw Weird Al live the week before this came out. Oh, uh, first time I saw Weird Al ever. It was a childhood dream. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, then I watched a movie with Anthony Hopkins again and Alec Baldwin called The Edge, where they are... Uh, one of them is like a famous businessman and the other one's a famous photographer and they get lost in the wilderness in alaska uh it's very interesting i i enjoyed it uh but it is okay. kind of got that 90s cheese to it yeah. so it does have some classic um, 90s movies yes exactly then i watched a movie called pleasure which is about a swedish uh woman who comes over from sweden obviously because she's swedish she oh. comes from sweden uh and to become a porn star and then it's kind of her learning that uh, being a porn star isn't as glamorous as she probably thought it was. And, uh, yeah, I watched the uh, not uncut version because, you know, I don't really want to watch a porn. I just want to watch a movie. Understandable. About, <laughs> about porn. About so, porn. Yeah, so uh, if you go on, if you have Showtime, uh, they have both the cut and uncut version. So if you want to watch more censored like I did, Mm -hmm. You can watch that, and I did, and it's still pretty, pretty bad. Uh, graphic -wise. I'll, I'll watch the porn, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, it was okay. I mean, it's it's got mediocre acting because they have a bunch of porn stars acting in it, and porn stars are porn stars for a reason because they're not great, just mm -hmm. actors. Uh, that's not to say that they're not talented, but they are not talented uh, at acting like Meryl Streep. <laughs> Sad, I don't know what really. I'm going with that. But yeah, it just kind of felt unnecessary, the whole movie. Like, yeah, everyone kind of knows the porn industry sucks, unless you're a teenager. But I'm not a teenager, so. Sadly. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, then I watched an A24 movie called The Humans with uh, Richard Jenkins, uh, Stephen Young, Amy Schumer, uh, Jane Howdeshell, Beanie Feldstein, June Qu Squibb. Uh, oh, it's damn. essentially this family in this New York apartment. It's based on a play of the same name. This family's having Thanksgiving, and uh, it takes place in a the neighborhood that, like, 9-11 happened in, but obviously it's it's modern times. But there's, like, this, this hauntingness about it, and it, it's really an interesting movie. It, it, it's hard to explain. You have to watch it. It's, it's really good, so I highly suggest people check out The Humans. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I I don't know if that's eligible for Stony, but it might be. If I guess if, we'll see, won't we? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the humans. Then I, so I went to the Regal Mystery Movie of the Month. There are there are whispers that it was going to be Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans, and pretty much everyone thought it was going to be Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. Uh, mm -hmm. The 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 release date was the same as The Fablemans. The the rating was the same as The Fablemans. Every single hint that they gave was the same as The Fablemans. And then it was Spirited, uh, starring <laughs> Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Um, a Christmas musical movie, which if you're going to see a movie thinking it's going to be The Fablemans, yeah. a Christmas musical is a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, but it's a fine movie. I have a review for that on YouTube uh, with just me. You can check out, uh, hear my full thoughts. 
But yeah, it's a Christmas movie. Uh, it just then could I watched, have been the Fablemans. Yes. Uh, then I watched a movie for the 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die February Cinema Bucket List episode called Brief Encounter. This movie is about two married people who uh, begin a friendship, and then that friendship turns into something more than a friendship, and they're discussing the whole morality of having an affair and everything and, and debating whether or not they want it. Does that so- sound uh, familiar to you, Glenn? I honestly, I, not off the top of my head. Really? No not not <laughs> an episode of uh, this podcast called In the Mood for Love, the one that we haven't got to yet? Oh, anyway. wow, it does! <laughs> so this movie came out in 1945, and I watched this the same day as I watched the In the Mood for Love, and I watched it before In the Mood for Love, and I was like, holy shit, that's yeah. uh, the same plot, but different. Uh, so yeah, that's Brief Encounter. You can find out more about what I thought of that on February uh, episode of Cinema Bucklist. Then I watched a movie by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson called Synchronic. It's essentially about uh, this world in which someone creates a synthetic drug that te- uh, time uh, time teleports you, teleports you to a different time, transports you to a different time, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and you're there for seven minutes or longer if you don't get to the same spot you need to by the time the drug wears off. Uh, really good movie. People got to check it out more. It's got oh. uh, it's got its problems, but like overall, it's a really good movie. Uh, yeah. And I think not a people, not enough people are talking about it. Then I watched In the Mood for Love, which we'll get into in just a minute. Then Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, we have on uh, uh, YouTube. You can check out our review. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I watched a movie from Cartoon Saloon that is on Netflix, the same uh, Cartoon Saloon that did uh, um, Song of the Sea and uh, Wolf Walkers and all that, called My Father's Dragon. Uh, it's about this kid who uh, has a dragon from his father. I no, think. It, no, it's it, it's like the the narrator is uh, the daughter of the kid oh. that has the dragon, and it's about how he had a dragon. Uh, so yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, then I rewatched the weird weird the Al Yankovic story because <laughs> uh, I hated it. It's awful. No one. It should sounds see it. like it's terrible. Definitely not I, nominated I just watched for it anything twice. in the future. <laughs> yep. And then last night I watched Once Upon a Time in the West for the Cinema Bucket List February episode, 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die. Find out what I thought then. Jesus Christ, I really hope you put a timestamp at the beginning of this, Glenn. (laughs) Without any further ado, let's get into In the Mood for Love. Two neighbors form a strong bond after both suspect uh, extramarital <laughs> extramarital activities for their spouses uh, of their spouses. However, they agree to keep their bond platonic. Uh, so as not to commit similar wrongs. Directed mm-hmm. by Car Wai Wong and also written by Car Wai Wong. I'm going to uh, preface this right now. I'm, I'm going to apologize for these name pronunciations. Uh, stars Tony Leung, or Tony Leung, uh, Maggie Chung, Si uh, Ping Lam, uh, Joe Chung, Rebecca Pan, Kelly Lai Chen, Man Lai Chen, uh, Cam Waku, uh, Zhu Ying Chen, and Paulin Sun. You always give yourself more work than you need yeah, to. Yeah, I, I do. I just I just want to try, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but yeah, this is a this is a film here that I put on uh, my little watch list a little bit ago because I found out people are ranting and raving and loving and loving and in the mood for loving it so much. And I thought, why not make us watch it and be in the mood for love as well? Mm-hmm. So yeah, does it live up to my expectation of what everybody else is saying? <laughs> I think so. I think we need to talk <laughs> about it first, though. Yeah, it's almost as if that's what this podcast is yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, you can tell a lot of like films today, and you even said one knocking off of your your little list there. That well, you that came off. out forty years before this. Oh, Actually, did it? Fifty years before this, it was much much further. So I'm I'm wondering if that's just parallel thinking, or if Car uh, uh, Wai Wong or Wong Car Wai got inspiration from Brief Encounters or Brief yeah, Encounter. I, I so. think I think as far as the story goes, it's. You know, it's it's a very you know popular you know story as far as a lot of storytelling goes, but yeah. I think this movie as a whole has influenced a lot of movies after it. 
more, I would agree with that. More that, than obviously the story itself. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, because it is it is exceptional with how how well it's done, and how I I was watching because I'm a piece of shit. I'll, I'll preface that as well. Uh, I was watching this movie while doing something because I was on vacation, so my <laughs> my attention span cannot stay on one thing because of my ADHD that I've grown and blossomed myself. Um, but I was watching this and doing something else, and like I got half an hour in, and I'm like, no fuck whatever else I'm doing. I literally stopped everything. I I sat down on the couch and I started watching. I never do that. That's how enticed I got after. 30, I, there's that word again. I'm getting enticed. <laughs> oh my god, that's like that's how good like the first thirty minutes attracted me in and brought me into the storytelling and then the characters, and you know what what they're going through. Mm-hmm. That I just dropped everything and started watching, especially subtitle too. Bonkers, um, but yeah, man, uh, just the just the kind of world building it did because I believe it takes. In the sixties, I think it said sixty three is when it first starts. Um, so there's no technology, there's nothing. There's just people and just interactions, um, mm-hmm. and just you know talking neighbors talking to each other, being neighborly, and all that. And then you you're 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 met up with uh, Suli Zen. Is that her name? Yeah, Suli Zen. Uh, and she moving in, and then obviously Chow moves in next door, and then they're like, just they're just neighbors. They don't care about each other. They're just like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, just being nice, showing some face. And then like this constant tension is just building and building and building because uh, they're both like uh, they're both working or not working. I'm sorry. They're both they're both like uh, they're both married mm-hmm. to people who work a lot. And travel overseas most of the time. Sometimes, um, so they're both always running into each other and never running into you know each other's spouses as well. So there's just this constant like this day to day walk by, and just either they won't have a conversation or they'll just say hello and then go on about their lives. But you never see the other person, their their other half. Um, so you're just immediately attracted to just these only two people, and it's just growing as far as their relationship goes, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I should let you talk a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I absolutely see why this is such a huge influence. Uh, of course, with me, it's no secret to this podcast or anyone that watches on I do not give a shit about romance films. He don't. Like, it, every time I watch one that I know I'm supposed to love and I don't love it, I'm just like, what's wrong with me? Like, I don't mm-hmm. get it. I just... I do not care. I'm not a gossiper, really. I don't yeah. like gossip. I don't talk about other people's lives. So you're telling I, me you do not keep up with the Kardashians? I do not keep up with the Kardashians. <laughs> wow. So that is like the best reason I can think of for why I don't really care about romance because r- watching romantic films is kind of like gossip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really do think that. And also, w- not so much this, but other movies uh the romance is very forced and unrealistic. This yeah. is more more fluid and, and natural, uh, but I still just found myself just being like, I don't care. I really don't care. <laughs> uh, and I hated that because, you know, uh, the other two uh, Wong Kar Wai films I watched this this year, um, Chungking Express and uh, uh, Happy Together, I actually really liked those, and those are both romance films as well. But mm-hmm. this one... I found myself kind of going back to the uh, that whole feeling of like why why are we caring about this? Uh, yeah. I will I will say it is brilliantly filmed. My favorite part about this is that you never see the faces of their spouses, so yeah. uh, you're never given a face to their romantic entanglement that is making them not poss- making it not possible for them to be together, mm-hmm. which which makes you kind of want them to be together more. Uh, I'm assuming because I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again, I fully acknowledge that's on me. That's not on the film at all. That is just my preference, my the way my brain works, which mm-hmm. my brain doesn't work when romance films are, are on. Um, but the fact that it was such a bold and creative choice to decide not to show their spouse's faces. You only ever see them from the back uh, or like a hand or something. And it's it's like these yeah or phone calls but never never face yeah so it's it's easy to 
com- compartmentalize uh, their their lives. Uh, you know, they have lives separate and lives together because you're not seeing it all. You're only seeing the part that uh, Wong Kar Wai wants you to see. Um, so yeah, I didn't really. I liked this movie. I didn't love it. I wasn't crazy about it. But that's mm-hmm. just because of my preference when it comes to stories. Uh, and uh, you know, I am self-aware enough to acknowledge that that's not the the film's fault. Um, that's very good. But but uh, you know, it's visually beautiful. It's 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 tantalizing to bring up a word I used many times earlier. Oh. Uh, it's tantalizing to watch. Um, the the subtitles I feel uh, were a bit. This is again nitpicking. Some of the the way they interacted with each other and also their uh, landlords and and whatnot mm-hmm. came off as very rude. But I think that was more because their tone wasn't rude. But I think it was more of like the translation from yeah. uh, Cantonese or Mandarin, one of the whatever language you're speaking uh, mm-hmm. to English. And uh, yeah, Cantonese looks like it was the main language that they used. Um, and so it just kind of came off like it made me cringe a little bit because they were just like, yeah, do whatever you want. But that wasn't their tone. But it was just like very shrugging off the other person in the language. And that kind of took me out a little bit more. But again, that's just because the subtitle translation, not so much what was being said. Um, yeah, I understand. So, so it was a complex movie for me. I acknowledge his artistry. I acknowledge, I agree that this is probably very good for people who actually do care about romance films and everything. But I didn't enjoy the experience watching it, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does make sense, and that's okay. Yeah. It's like you got your own opinion or something. Yeah. I actually think we should just get some torches and just chase you out of town. It's yes, getting please. to that point. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is, this is going to be one of those movies where we actually differ, which is, is quite amazing. Um, yeah, I, I, I I don't think as much as you think. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I am. W- you liked it, but it wasn't wowing you like crazy. Yes, exactly. Like for me, yeah. it's very middle of the road movie. But I do see why people think it's one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. Uh, I just will never think a romance is the best movie, one of the best movies ever made, and that's just who I am. <laughs> I think there's ways you just gotta categorize it. Yeah, like, yeah. As far as a romance, it is probably one of the best romances ever made. Now, I would agree. Is that romance one of the best ever made? Period. Out of movies, maybe not. But as far as that goes, um, but yeah, I I I genuinely loved this movie a lot. Um, like like you said, they never show the spouse's face, so you're just more tantalized to go <laughs> over. <laughs> You're just more tantalized to make the these two people want to be together, and I I think I think it it did itself very well when instead of just like straight up like sleeping with each other at first they kind of just took over each other's roles as far as like uh, well what what would your husband say like what would your yeah. husband eat like what like i could just fill the role without us being actually romantically involved yeah because their schedules were so opposite of their their spouses yeah so they so kind of like, needed someone to fill in that role while they were home mm-hmm. which i which i thought was great because i thought it was going to lead up to something romantic i mean eventually it's the whole point it does but it's never acted upon they 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 respect each other's boundaries and everything like that and they they don't really exceed it you know, ever, yeah. um, which I thought, which I thought was great because it just shows, you know, just how great these two characters are. And even when confronted with, uh, you know, uh, matters of sexual tension, they're like, no, let's, let's, let's not, I'm a married woman. He's like, yeah, I, I do be a married man, but I, I would sleep with you. Uh, kind of, um, <laughs> kind I, just, of. <laughs> I just thought it was, what about was, mouth stuff? What about what, is that allowed? <laughs> I thought it was really great, um, especially from that point of view. And then, like when they finally confess their you know feelings for each other, I mean, obviously the the uh, Sue is is still very um, reluctant about it because you know it goes against you know being a wife. <laughs> I yeah. mean, obviously it goes against being a husband too. But you know she she likes her position as a wife and doesn't want to betray. Um, that that position, yeah. she wants to be a faithful wife, but obviously, uh, 
both their husband and wife, opposite of these guys, are cheating with each other as well. So it, mm-hmm. it puts the whole predicament into like, oh, well, if he's if he's doing it, why don't we do it? And she's like, no, I'm a faithful wife, which didn't mean it wasn't snarky. She was just like actually just yeah. genuinely. I, like I two wrongs whole, don't make a right kind of yeah. thing. I thought it was super well done and all of yeah. that. And then, you know, it's 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 never really capitalized on, which is is what makes you even more a part of it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're like, God, I want these two to be together. They deserve it. And then it just it never happens. It's it's always out of arm's reach. Yeah. Even years down the line, when they try to get in contact with each other or try to see each other. They're always just literally out of arm's reach, even at the end of the movie. Um, when 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 Chow goes back to his old apartment where you know they used to be neighbors, and she's literally next door, and he has no idea. Yeah. And and then he leaves, and they they never see each other again. Most yeah. more than likely, obviously. Yeah. Um, I just I thought it was super uh, well rounded uh, movie, especially a romance film. Yeah, I would uh, agree. Which, I, I love the lack of closure in it. Yeah, uh, which the movie Brief Encounters has similar lack of closure. There's just, there's a lot of uh, uh, similarities between the two. While they're different enough, there are a lot of similarities. Um, I was actually watching an interview with Tony Lung, who plays uh, Mo Wang Chao, who's the the man and the main man in this, um, mm-hmm. and he was saying that the original ending was kind of more of like a Romeo and Juliet ending, where they both kill themselves. And that, I'm very glad it didn't do yes, that. Yes, <laughs> and, and Wong Kar Wai, and he had a discussion, and he was like, it's in, more interesting if they just go their separate ways and never act on it. And yeah. I'm so glad they went with that, because that's way more interesting than just a stereotypical, uh, you know, lover-suicide ending. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, again, I fully acknowledge that this is an incredible, incredibly yeah, well-made film. It's not... It's not Good for the audience, obviously, because they're like, oh, I want to see these two together. But as far as like a storytelling aspect, it's super realistic and super yeah. grounded as far as it goes. I mean, I, and, I love bleak things like I yeah. like most of my favorite movies are bleak. If if they're not completely bleak, they have like a slight slimmer of hope. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's mo- like I like sad things. I don't know why. Uh, so I, like, I mean, it. The feeling emotions a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially when I feel nothing most of the time. Yes. Um, no. So uh, yeah, I, I I love that it doesn't give the audience what they want, because um, it is more realistic. This this kind of thing probably happens way more often than people finding their soulmate and mm-hmm. running through an airport to stop them from moving. Oh, uh, big time. <laughs> so so this is absolutely way more realistic in that case. Yeah. Um, another thing that I, I really just a lot of the camera work period, but a lot of the settings where their meetup spots would be. So like it, it would always be raining and they would always be under this this just one um, words awning. are not coming awning. Thank you. Uh, they would always meet up at this one awning, not on purpose. They would just accidentally always meet up there or in front of this uh, this restaurant that they always mm-hmm. go to. They would always pass each other by or just be there. Um, and it, it was always nice to, it was like, it was like yeah. a kind of like a home away from home type thing for them. Yeah. It was like, it's like a, they always just met up at these spots accidentally for fate, uh, even though their fate never came to each other mm. in the end. Uh, I thought that was really well done too. Yeah. Um, just a lot of just the familiar places they would just run into a lot. Um, and just the overall like color aspect of it all too. Yeah, it's got beautiful colors. Um, mm-hmm. Stylistically, it's a lot uh, a lot of inspiration. Maybe not from this particularly, but Wong Kar Wai uh, mm-hmm. in general is in uh, the the actress sequences of uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, a lot more so Chung King Express. If you've seen that, there's like this mm. weird effect with like s- fluttering images where like it's kind of slow mo, but everything's blurred. Yeah, uh, that doesn't happen as much in this as I thought it was going to. But it, it, it's he's got in, a little bit of slow mo, but it's not crazy. Yeah, yeah. In in uh in Chung King Express, it's as crazy as it is in in uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. <laughs> so like wardrobe wise, I think uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once 
takes inspiration from this, but then stylistically, I think yeah. it's Chunking Express. But regardless, it's like a, a overall a Wong Kar Wai um, inspiration, which is really cool. He's a he's a very cool filmmaker. All the films of his that I've seen have been romances, uh, two of which I actually really liked, and then this, which I just kind of liked. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, he's definitely my favorite romantic director out of all of the ones that I've seen. But they're, uh, yeah, uh, I think he's a, he's a very interesting director, and I, I I can't wait to see more of his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really have too much else to say. Again, everything that I don't like about this is just my taste. It's not so much. Yeah. It's not the film. It says more about me than it does the film. Uh, but I fully acknowledge why this is. Uh, a classic and why people love it so much and how inspirational it is. I, I get it. I, I don't want to change that. Just, you know, I wish my dumb brain would allow me to enjoy romances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I would allow it too. Yeah. Because it's, it's just, it doesn't matter though. At the end of the day, we've all got our personal preferences and everything. Yes. Uh, I, I thought this was a, a damn near perfect film. If, if I were to change anything, it would make it a different film, and that's what changes the whole aspect about it. So I, you know, yeah. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even change anything about yeah, it. Yeah, I wouldn't change anything either, personally. Um, but this this was this was a great movie. But I I don't really have anything else to say too much yeah. either. So that does it for the review for In the Mood for Love. That brings us to a judgment. As always, it needs to be unanimous decision whether or not it goes on the cave our shelf with the legs of Apostle and Handmaiden. Uh, Glenn, you picked it, so uh, you get to go first, and I think I know what you're gonna say. I'm going to say, hell no. Get this shit out of my face. Put it in the shelf. That's what I'm talking about. Get that bad boy in there. Yes. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a great, especially if we, we're talking about the categorization thing, like, it's it's one of the peak romance films. Yeah. Um, I, I think it definitely deserves to be, be seen by people's eyes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, even though I didn't care for it, I fully acknowledge that it is a classic. It is a masterful piece of cinema. Uh it really, I just, I don't care about other people's romantic interests. That's why mm-hmm. I just, I can never, I try to. Every time I watch a romance, I'm like, I'm going to be interested in this. And then, uh, you know, things like Chunking Express and Happy Together add different uh, elements to it that make it more interesting in my mind. Yeah. Whereas this, this is more of a straight romance, but done masterfully. And also, you know, it, I do enjoy the fact that it it doesn't, give you closure or satisfaction which is cool but mm-hmm. at the end of the day it is more th- just a straight romance than both chunking express and happy together which is why i like it less than those two um but with that being said i'm not gonna take this away from other people just because i don't love love what uh <laughs> <laughs> no just because i i can't get into that kind of kind of thing so i think yeah. it goes on the shelf as well and i'm very happy to put it on there it's just not my cup of tea really Understandable, and and yes. thank you for your service. You're quite welcome. And oh. Wong Kar Wai, keep making stuff because it's great. Please. And I know you've kind of slowed down a bit, but I hope uh, you uh, get back out there. Hold on, let me make sure he's still alive. I hope so. Yeah, too he's now. still alive. He's okay. still alive. Yeah. Uh, last thing he made, I think, was actually a kung fu movie. Uh, no, the last thing he made was one tenth. Of a millimeter apart. That's a documentary, though. Last film he made was The Grandmaster, which is a kung fu movie. Also mm-hmm. starring Tony Lung. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. In the Mood for Love, mixed on the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaid. And that brings us to our assignment for next week. It is Streaming Roulette Week. For those of you who don't know, we spin a know. very real wheel the size of Rhode Island. We spin it three times. Yeah. And then we pick which of those three we would rather watch. So without any further ado, I'm going to spin the entire state of Rhode Island. Yeah, spin that uh, thing around. Hamlet, some Shakespeare. Oh, yes, uh, which 1940, one? 1948. It's uh, Lawrence Olivier. Damn. Yeah, Lawrence Olivier, uh, Hamlet from 1948. It's on HBO Max. HBO Max. Uh, Prince Hamlet struggles over whether or not he should kill his uncle, whom he suspects has murdered his father, the former king. Directed by Laurence Olivier, written by William Shakespeare, of course, the play, and then uh, adapted by Laurence Olivier. Starring Laurence Olivier, Gene Simmons, not that Gene Simmons, a different yeah. Gene Simmons. Uh, John Laurie, Esmond Knight, Anthony Quayle, uh, Neil McGuinness, and uh, Hart Court Christopher Williams. Lee's in there, too. Christopher Lee's in there. Uh, so some Shakespeare. I think the only thing I've seen of Hamlet is that 
movie we watched uh, at the beginning of last year, Hot Air, yeah. uh, the the Bollywood movie. I think that's the only version of Hamlet I've seen, which is, uh, yeah, uh, I think I think I've seen one before, but I, I might cannot, have. I, I cannot don't recall. I mean, it's I, been, I know it's been since story. high school. Lion King is Hamlet, so I know the story. Yep. Uh, so yeah, Hamlet. That is our first option. Here comes spin number two. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Well, here's here's a little quarry we've got with this one. I stopped watching Harry Potter after the fourth film. Goblet of Fire. Yeah, I think so. So if I was, and I've I've wanted to. Mainly because of, of of childhood bullying, I want to preface that a lot. Um, but if I was going to not s- watching Harry Potter, yeah, you, let's let's not get into it. It's going to reoccur some <laughs> things, some <laughs> Vietnam flashbacks. Um, <laughs> um, but if I was, I was going to start watching these again, but I wanted to do like a marathon of it. So if okay. I was yeah, going to watch it. this, I would watch all of them. Okay, <laughs> well, I, we can spin again. That's not a problem. Spin number two. Simon of the Desert. Ooh. Getting all these old films again. 1965. Huh? This is going to be on Criterion Channel, which we love Criterion Channel we here do. at KFR so News much. Podcast. Uh, directed by Luis Buñuel. Uh, ran by Luis Buñuel and Julio Alejandro. Uh, starring Claudio Brook, Silvia Pinal, Enrique Alvarez Felix, and Hortensia Sav- uh, Santovina. And that uh, is about Simon, a deeply religious man living in the 4th century, wants to be nearer to God, so he climbs a column. The devil wants him to come down to earth and is trying to seduce him. Uh, Mm. It's only 43 minutes, uh, so that's more a short film than anything. Sounds like an easy week to us. (laughs) (laughs) So Simon of the Desert, that is again on Criterion Channel. Here comes spin number three. Blow the man down. Mm. I have seen this before, and I want i yeah uh so this is going to be on amazon uh it is written or written and directed by bridget savage cole and danielle crudy uh starring david coffin uh you know what let me get to the actual stars of it and not just the choir uh sophie lowe morgan sailor uh june squibb is in that uh margot martindale esteemed actress and uh fugitive from the law of margot martindale is in this uh, and it is about Mary Beth and Priscilla Connolly attempt to cover up a gruesome run-in with a dangerous man to conceal their crime. The sisters must go deep into the criminal underbelly of their hometown, uncovering the town's darkest secrets. That is on Amazon Prime. Uh, yeah. That's huh. my vote, just saying. That's your vote? That's my vote. Blow the man down. Huh? I'm, I'm not going to tell you why. It could be good, could be bad. Uh, but Simon of the Desert, I feel, is a cop-out for us since it's only 43 minutes, though I do want to see it. I and do want to see the devil get seduced. I have seen enough Laurence Olivier Hamlet or Shakespeare to know that Laurence Olivier Shakespeare <laughs> is less my thing than Shakespeare by itself is. Yeah. So, I, uh... A lot of... All right, let's, let's talk about it first. Uh, first off... I don't want to talk there's, about it. There's a lot of points in life where... <laughs> You just have to hunker down and say, fuck it. Let's watch Blow the Man Down, you know? <laughs> yes. So I guess we're watching Blow the Man Down. <laughs> Easy as that. Yes. Uh, so Blow the Man Down, that again is available on Amazon Prime. Uh, yeah. I watched this in 2020. It was like one of the first movies I watched during the pandemic. And that's all I'll say for now. Mm. We'll talk about it more next week. A lot of people underestimate women. That's why they can get away with a lot. Now, what do you know about the Connolly sisters? Real nice girls. Sure about that? So Blow the Man Down is our assignment for next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I'm Mike KFR. And I'm Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we sing some she-santy shanties. She-she-shanties. 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 
We're going to sing some sea shanties. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. so caught up in naming all those movies we forgot to say the most important thing that happened in the last two weeks which was uh kevin conroy's passing um he was the greatest batman to ever grace the screen um and really just gave a lot of people so many great childhood memories of just watching uh the batman animated series or justice league or the arkham games um and he he will be very much missed, at least for sure in my life. Rest in peace, Kevin Conroy.